Happy Tuesday, Locked On Golden Gophers with me, Nate Dickinson. Here every single weekday with everything you need to know about what's going on up on campus in Minneapolis. Coming up on today's show, we'll let you know about, well, just about everything. All the sports except for basketball that are going on with the Gophers because we've spent so much time talking about basketball as of late. I thought we'd spend at least a segment doing a little bit of a lightning round and going around all the other sports on campus active right now. Talk about where their seasons are at and how things have been. Give them each a little bit of slot of time here on a Tuesday afternoon as we get ready for the Big Ten tournament starting on Wednesday. Also later on today, an update on PJ Flex recruiting process as he starts to send out more offers in the 2022 class. There's also been another commitment since the last time we talked recruiting. That's coming up later on in the program here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Coming up right now, though, as we do every single day, we'll update you on what's going on on campus in the last 24 hours that you might have missed. Minnesota basketball got a couple of honors. Jasmine Powell was named to the All-Big Ten second team. Sarah Scalia named an All-Big Ten honorable mention as well as the women's seasons come to an end, or regular season at least. Also, Shane Wiskitz was named Big Ten Gymnast of the Week. That's not deja vu that you're getting. He got the award last week too, second straight week for him receiving the honor. Also on the gymnastics front, Maya Hooten was Big Ten Freshman of the Week and Lexi Rambler, her second straight Gymnast of the Week award. For Hooten, she had the first floor routine 10 in Minnesota history over the weekend to help her get that Freshman of the Week award on the women's gymnastics team. Also, men's golf is partaking at the Spartan Collegiate at Sea Island, Georgia, both yesterday and today. That's the only event going on on the Gopher Sports calendar today, by the way. Yesterday, Minnesota finished at 15th out of 16 teams. Angus Flanagan leading the Gophers on the scoreboard at plus one for the tournament and tied for 27th. That's a look at everything going on around Gopher Sports right now. We're going to talk a little bit about all the other sports besides basketball that we haven't been able to touch on as much here on Locked On Golden Gopher in just a minute. But first, before we get to any of that, I wanted to talk a little bit about some news that came out regarding college athletes, specifically women's basketball players, declaring for the WNBA draft this season. Now, the NCAA has given all players, both men's and women's basketball and other sports too, an extra year of eligibility if they don't want to end up losing a year because of this pandemic season. So, everybody who would be on the women's side declaring for the WNBA draft, and if they were a senior, automatically put into the draft pool, those seniors now who have an extra year they weren't expecting now have to make a decision as to whether or not they want to come back or stay, or I'm sorry, go to the WNBA. Now, what's weird about all this is that the WNBA and NCAA then made a decision last week or yesterday or whatever it was that I read it, where the college girls are going to have 48 hours after the last game that they play to decide whether or not to stay in college for another year or turn pro if they're one of those seniors and it's just one of those things that's like why do you have to do it this way why make them decide so quickly whether or not they're going to spend another year not only playing basketball at the school but possibly taking classes if that's what they want to do or, or getting a job and getting started in a career if that's the way they want to go 
and a number of other things that could be options if you give them the time to try and figure out what it is exactly that they want. But instead, they put the stranglehold on these people who have to make these year-long decisions in a matter of, again, two days, 48 hours from the last time they play in that last game of the season. It just seems like another one of those ridiculous power moves that's typical of the NCAA, but I'm not so familiar with it with the WNBA. The NBA and WNBA do a pretty good job protecting their players, but it's one of those things that just feels like somebody should step up and change because while you can argue it's not the biggest problem, it's not. Deciding whether or not a college student wants to end up playing a game professionally now or continuing to get educated for free at whatever school they're going to if there are full scholarships, not all schools have them. It's not the hardest decision to have to make. But there's no reason to make them make it so quickly. So why are we making them do that? Again, it's not something that's going to save all of the world's problems or even close to all of the problems within college athletics, but It's just another one of those moves that seems silly and a way for the big guys to at least flex some of their power over the smaller people. There's no reason why these teams in the WNBA need that extra time to look at those players. Why every single one of those seconds after the 48 hours, they have to know whether or not they're going to be able to or not able to draft one of the college players. It doesn't make any sense, and again, it's just one of those things I think that if you stepped up and said, hey, this should change, if you put enough effort behind it, you could really, really make that change. And I know I'm being a guy who's standing up on the soapbox while at the same time not actually doing the acting that I'm calling for, but I'm just saying that it's another one of those things where... The college student, or student-athlete, I should say, seems to just not have any power for no reason. We'll be back with more here on the Locked On Golden Gophers podcast. Going to break down everything outside of basketball, since we've been spending so much time on the hardwood lately on the show. But first, if you have anything that goes wrong with your car this winter, it's the worst time of year for it to happen. So to make sure that everything is up to date, you can go over to rockauto.com and replace any parts that may be starting to fall off a bit. rockauto.com eliminates the middleman. So instead of going to a part shop or a dealership where not only may they not have the part you need, but if they do, you could easily get upcharged for it, you can go to rockauto.com pay a great price, and make sure you're getting the right part. If you're not an expert on everything around your car, they can make sure that at least what you're getting is what you actually need. RockAuto.com has everything to get it done, so head on over to their website. I've said it enough now. RockAuto.com. And if you end up using them, go ahead and write in Locked On on their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. We'll be back with more right here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Nate Dickinson here on Locked On. Back here on Locked On Golden Gophers, Nate Dickinson with you. 
Betting on the Gophers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're going to try this out here. This is one of those things I thought of it in my head, and I said, that sounds good on paper. Let's see how it executes out. We've been talking a lot of basketball, so I said, let's get away from the basketball for a moment, at least a segment, and do a little bit of a lightning round about all the sports that I haven't talked about at all, really. Because I've spent a lot of time pretty much only on the Gopher basketball team throughout, well, the past month. It's start of March right now. Season seems to be all but done for Minnesota. So after the Gophers went through their epic downfall, and I had to be negative for a whole lot, let's try and go around and say, hey, who's doing some good stuff for Minnesota as of late? Because the show has been a whole lot of negatives as of late. And I noticed that about myself uh, when I'd be tweeting out during games. I'd try to like tweet out more stuff that's positive as of recent because I started to notice things were starting to get really, really negative as the downfall uh, started to go down. So let's talk about some of the other sports. I'm talking baseball, gymnastics, golf, everything that is outside of what Minnesota has been doing on the hardwood just because we haven't talked about it before. Starting off with baseball, teams off to a rough start in its U.S. Bank Stadium stretch of the season. One and four right now, only one weekend left in that stretch where the Gophers are going to actually be playing in the Vikings Stadium. They're going to end up going and playing against Illinois for a four-game stretch in the last matchup before they end up going outside on the road. For men's gymnastics, team is 1-3 and three right now. We mentioned in the first segment, Shane Wiskus is very, very good. Two-time defending Big Ten Gymnast of the Week. Michigan and Illinois, the last two weekends before the Big Ten Championships at the start of April for that team as their season's ended up getting close to ending already. For the men's golf team, we mentioned already they're near the bottom 15th out of 16 at the Spartan Collegiate right now. The team has strong individual performances, though, out of Angus Flanagan throughout the season. We mentioned he's played in the Genesis Open on the PGA Tour already. He's won over right now through his first two rounds of play down there in Georgia, and hopefully he can improve on that today, get a nice individual score It's the second of seven events on the schedule for the golf team. So their season's quick. It's pretty much every weekend they're going to be playing. And then they'll end things, of course, with the Big Ten Championships at the end of the season. Um, Men's hockey. That's something we're going to transition into once the basketball season officially comes to an end. Big Ten tournament is this weekend. Starts on Sunday against Michigan State. Obviously, every game huge for the hockey team. They would play Monday and Tuesday throughout the Big Ten tournament. All of those matchups are over in South Bend at Notre Dame. Men's tennis team won two of its last three after two losses to start this season. It was on the road for the next two matches now until a big week at home, not, uh, I guess, this coming next week, but the week after that, if that makes sense. It'll be four in a row at home from the 19th through the 28th of March that could really define that season for the Gophers. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about that as that gets closer. For women's golf, they're in Briars Creek Monday and Tuesday of next week. Grace Curran is leading the way for the team this season. A career-best sixth overall individual finish in Tallahassee last time out at the Florida State invite. She's had uh, her name mentioned a few times already on the show as well. 
and it won't be the last time we hear from her either. For the women's gymnastics team, team's good. 6-2 and two overall and a lot of individual talent sprinkled around. We mentioned already Maya Hooten, freshman of the week last week, and also Lexi Ramler, her gymnast of the week award now two times running. The last matchup of the Big Ten, Big Ten Championships Saturday is against Illinois. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The matchup against Illinois is Saturday, Big Ten Championships after, if that makes sense. And the team hasn't lost in over a month. Well, February 6th, the last time Minnesota took an L, and there have been some good teams in that stretch. Some tight matchups too. Gophers have come up clutch. They're looking good on the maps right now. The women's soccer team. Only one loss on the season, but the team is struggling to score. Record right now, two wins, one loss, two ties. Just three goals scored in five games this season. But the defense is stepping up, as I mentioned, as they've only lost one game out of five so far this year. Rounding things out, softball, three and three. They're still one of those lucky sports that gets to play down in Florida throughout the first month or so of the season. They're down there all the way until they start back up here in the Midwest on March 26th. To wrap things up, women's tennis, two wins in a row after an 0-5 start, so they're playing their best tennis of the year right now. Also, on the road, a win at Purdue and Indiana this weekend would help a lot. They don't play at home again until March 26th. It's picked up two points, though, at least in all but one of its losses, the women's tennis team, so... There's plenty of talent there individually, and the team's close a piece or two away from really being able to compete with anyone in the Big Ten, at least with the way they've played so far. So let's look at what's going on around the rest of the sports the Gophers play outside of the basketball that we've spent so much time on over the past, well, really month and a half. This Minnesota's broken our hearts throughout that time. They'll have a run at the Big Ten tournament, and anything can happen there. And of course, we'll talk more about it with Big Ten Ben tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Gophers. He'll join the show to break down the Gophers matchup against Northwestern, say if they win that, is there any chance of a win against Ohio State, and also talk about everything this weekend with the implications of the NCAA tournament in the Big Ten. Can there be two one-seeds out of the Big Ten? Can there be four out of the top eight? We'll ask Big Ten Ben about all of it, right here on Locked On Golden Gophers on tomorrow's program. Looking forward to talking to him. Before we get into the football recruiting side of the Gophers, and we'll talk more about P.J. Fleck and what he's done since we last discussed recruiting, BetOnline is the fastest way to get all your sports betting action. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up too. In fact, it can be better than free if you use our code Locked On. Head on over to the website and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use code Locked On when you sign up. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and your place to go for all the best lines on everything from not just sports, but award shows, TV shows, and reality TV too. That's betonline.ag. Go on, sign up, use our code Locked On, and get yourself some free money to play with. We'll be right back in just a minute here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Nate Dickinson with Locked On. Nate Dickinson back with you again here on Locked On Golden Gophers. There's simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Big Ten Ben Stevens and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. 
Whether it's football, basketball, baseball, if it's happening in the Big Ten, Ben's got you covered with an in-depth look at the conference every Monday through Friday. Subscribe to Locked On Big Ten wherever you get your podcasts. And again, Big Ten Ben's going to join us on the show tomorrow to talk Big Ten tournament as Minnesota hopefully starts and doesn't quite end their tournament run against Northwestern. But we're not going to talk basketball here today. We're talking about football now. P.J. Fleck is hot on the recruiting trail. A new commitment since the last time we discussed the team and also a whole lot of offers going out all over the place to players both around Minnesota and around the country too. We're going to talk about all of it here as we break things down to end our show. Let's talk about first the latest commitment for the Gophers. Tony Nelson. An offensive lineman out of Minnesota, Tracy to be specific, he's not rated on any of the 24-7 composite ratings, which as we talk throughout the segment, that's what I'm going to use to talk about ratings here. It's what I think is most reliable and also what a lot of people like to use when talking about these things. But the 24-7 composites do not have any sort of a star rating on Tony Nelson. He's not a three-star, four-star recruiter, anything like that. Nobody has enough rating on him to get him to that point. He did have other offers. No one in the Power Five, but Central Michigan, Dartmouth, South Dakota. The names of the schools that also were interested in Nelson's services. He did have interest from other schools as well. The powerhouses in the FCS, North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Also, Kansas State was listed on his 24-7 page as well. So, some interest out of another Power Five school. But Minnesota, the only one to extend an offer. Once they did, Nelson was quick to commit less than a week later. I went and took a look at Nelson's tape just to try to give you a little bit of what I think about him. And obviously the first thing that jumps out is size. The guy's college sized already six foot five, 265. He's playing on the offensive line in high school and defensive line on both sides of the ball. He's already at a very, very good sized college defensive lineman size. He may even have to put on some more weight if he wants to be a college offensive lineman, which is what he's listed as on all the recruiting sites. But that'll obviously come. Right now, he is perfectly big for his age and what he's going to be coming into Minnesota. He's a raw talent that I think needs to gain a little bit as far as technique. A lot of the tape that you saw is him just running people over, which is understandable. But hopefully that comes with time. His tape is impressive, but it's a pretty classic question of what can he do when he ends up having to pick on kids his own size. Because 6'5", 265 is rare at that age. It's more rare when you're coming out of Tracy, Minnesota, which is a town of 2,500 people. So for him, a lot of that tape when you're watching it is him looking really impressive. There's no faults you can put on him, but... You also see him towering over everybody else, too. And you don't really see ever him have to go up against anybody who is his own size. I I would imagine that when he gets to Minnesota, if he's gotten knocked over before in his life, Tony Nelson. I don't know how long he's been big, if he had a growth spurt and he was small before, if he's been big his whole life. But at least for as long as he's been big. If he's gotten knocked down and hit hard before, it's been by someone his own size or bigger. Whenever he is able to come across them. When he gets to Minnesota and hits that practice field, I would imagine for the first time in his life since becoming a big guy, he's going to get knocked down by a guy who's smaller than him. And that's the thing he's going to have to overcome first, I think. He's quick. Quick off the line on the defensive side. And again, 
the tapes are really just him running into guys and really throwing them wherever he wants. So he looks plenty good on the film. He should get faster, but he's already quick enough now at his size where he, he can cause a problem if he were to play like on defense in the open field, which he does in high school now. He's able to be that kind of a quick guy where you can't just leave him alone if he were to play on the defensive side of the ball at all. But he needs to be able to develop into the skill set that will be able to really utilize the freak athlete that he is physically. I mean, that's the story with every high school player going into college, but when you look at Tony Nelson, you see a guy who has the metrics and the tape of a guy who could be getting big offers, but you just don't see what he's been able to do against the best of the best yet. And you will, you will. But Minnesota right now having a raw talent out of a guy who, in Tony Nelson, again, unranked by the recruiting sites, but has the physical ability to, if he can be groomed, grow into a diamond in the rough for P.J. Fleck right in the backyard. So that's the thinking behind getting him. At least that's my thinking behind committing to a guy like Tony Nelson. When again, he didn't have any other Power 5 offers, but he looks good on the film, and I like it. As far as everything else Minnesota's been doing on the recruiting trail, if you follow this stuff on Twitter with any sort of the frequency than I do, then you already know that Minnesota's been throwing out a few more offers with more frequency as time has gone on over the last couple of weeks. We see these kids in the 2022 class tweeting out their, you know, grateful, thankful to receive an offer from Minnesota. Coach Fleck, thank you, all that kind of stuff. And you start to keep track and realize that, all right, we're starting to get into the meat of things here. It's the spring. It's a pandemic, but it's still March. So as we get ready to get into the heat of the offseason, when we're not doing too much with our actual teams, we can really, really gear up on this recruiting trail. And that means for the people like me who will follow all of that, it's time to really, really gear down and get to know who these guys are. And we will do that here on this show as we get into the offseason. But right now, I just want to take a look at the big picture. Try and get inside where P.J. Flex's head is at as far as just the numbers and who he's sending offers out to right now. First thing I noted when taking a look at everything that Minnesota's done so far. Focusing on speed early in the recruiting cycle has been a trend here for Minnesota this year. As far as the positions that Minnesota has offered out the most so far this season, you have defensive line, and then after that, quickly right behind is defensive back and wide receiver. Those are obviously the fastest players on the field. And also when they're coming out of high school as wide receivers in corners, those guys can very often throughout time be transferred into, say, running backs, or if they're big enough linebackers, or maybe even if they're corners, safeties, or rotationally, things like that. So there's a lot of speed behind what P.J. Flex gone after so far. Speed that he wants to be able to put in, I would think, whatever places he seems best. So it seems like when I look at that, I think maybe P.J. Fleck isn't necessarily recruiting the receivers in the back so much as he is recruiting the ability to just get downfield fast. Get me the speed. I'll figure out what to do with it. I'll figure out where they're going to be able to be used best on the football field. Just give me someone who can get down the field quick and be able to work as fast as I want to go. Outside of that, Minnesota also focusing a bit on the South. I mean, the South is obviously a hotbed for football talent every year. But Minnesota right now, out of the players they've offered, 28 players in Georgia, 27 in Texas, 17 in Florida. That's the top three states out of any. Only seven 
offers out to players in Minnesota, which I'll talk about more in just a minute. But the focus on getting players from those hotbed states is obviously big for everyone. And those players down there who are at the highest level get offers all the time and early from everybody. So it's not unlikely or not, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not unusual. That's it. It's not unusual for Minnesota to be recruiting those states heavy, but to only have seven offers out to Minnesota kids so far, I think is a little bit strange. But I will give credit to Minnesota because they are picking and choosing their players in the home state they want and having a decent success rate. Out of the only seven offers out so far, Minnesota already has two commitments. So I can't knock that. Right now as a team, Gophers are sitting at 28th in the nation as a class. They have number six, I think it was, in the Big Ten as far as commits goes. I'll pull it up again right now. And yes, it is sixth in the Big Ten. And as far as what they have right now, early on you can't complain. Two players out of Minnesota. Kristen Hoskins and Tony Nelsons. Or Tony Nelson, not Nelsons. I don't know why I said that. A quarterback already in Jacob Knuth that who we've talked about before looks good. He's tall. He's prototypical quarterback. And then out of Trey Bixby, not only a player from Ohio, a, a recruiting bed for the most powerful, obviously, team in the conference, Ohio State, but a four-star recruit who, as long as he gets to Minnesota, would be the 10th best commitment brought in by the Gophers in school history, or at least since they started tracking these kind of ratings. So as far as what the Gophers are doing right now on the football recruiting trail, with commitments, you have to be happy. They're getting a couple of guys here from home early, picking out the guys that they like, maybe in the shadows, in the places where other people aren't looking. They're getting big-name guys like a Trey Bixby, who, a four-star recruit, still far behind what the top teams in the conference are getting, but a big deal for a Minnesota team. You can't be upset with what the Gophers have, and you can't be upset with the effort they've put in so far. When P.J. Fleck or any other coach comes to a program and they're trying to rebuild, when the recruiting starts, you usually go in the trenches first. You get your offensive lineman and your defensive lineman. And once that is secured, usually one, the team gets a little bit better, and then two, you start to focus a little bit more on the skill positions. P.J. Fleck is doing that now. And hopefully it ends up resulting in a Minnesota football team that looks a lot better than what we saw last year. Or at least more like what we saw the year before. That's a quick look at just everything going on with Minnesota football recruiting right now. I wanted to give an update just because there's been a lot happening since we last discussed it, even though it was last week. Coming up tomorrow, as we mentioned on the show, Big Ten Ben joins us at the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Go give his podcast a listen now. He'll talk with us about everything the Gophers need to do against Northwestern, chances as the week goes on for Minnesota, and also everything else with the implications around the Big Ten tournament. Can the Big Ten pull out two number one seeds for the top eight? We'll talk to Ben about all of it tomorrow here on Locked On Golden Gophers. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson. Row the boat. Sky you ma. Go Gophers. We'll talk to you tomorrow.